When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. This is Laura Robson, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello, this is Claire Balding. I listen to The Tennis Podcast. Well, this week we are in Bath for the Fed Cup Euro-African Zone 1 between Great Britain and Serbia in the final, which is going to take place shortly. We'll bring you the result at the end of the show. We'll talk about what went on. But I come to you now from the balcony overlooking the centre court, and I'm basically surrounded by a bunch of metal lockers, loads of food bags, um, and in front of me I have Claire Balding having her makeup done. Hello, Claire. Hello, David. Hello. And I have Laura Robson here. How are you? Who just had her makeup done. Yes. So we're ready to go. I've learned all about makeup, and uh, mm-hmm. apparently I don't have to get any because they've made the very clever editorial decision not to have me on screen. Um, but we're here on the Tennis Podcast to talk about what's been going on and everything in the world of tennis. Laura, first of all, it's lovely to see you. How are you doing? Good. Well, apparently I was already on this podcast in 2013, but yeah, I that, didn't remember. That memorable. <laughs> Um, but yes, you were briefly in Miami. We're going back a bit. 2013, you were playing doubles with Lisa Raymond. I think you reached final. Final. Yeah. There's my memory. Um, and uh, I also got given a racket by you. You won't remember this. I got given a racket by you in a racket testing event, and it was fantastic. And I'm still. Oh, I do remember that. And I'm still using the same racket. The, yeah, the Wilson event. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. It hasn't made me a better player, though. So, you know. There's still time. Yeah, there is still time. So, yes, we, we are here. I personally have had an amazing time so far at this event. What, do you have, what have you made of it, Claire? I've loved it. And I think it's so interesting to see the impact that top-level women's tennis has on particularly a young audience. I've talked a lot to the ball boys and ball girls, all of whom are really into their tennis. Mm. And they just love being this close. And the same for all the, the crowd. They love being this close to matches that really matter. And I think they felt, particularly with the likes of Katie Bolter and Katie Swan and Harriet Dart, who they might not have seen play before, that they're getting to know them better. And even with Joe Conta, they'll have seen her on television, but they haven't necessarily seen her in the flesh. And it just reminds you that the success of a sport is not just about how many people play it and I know that's how they like to gauge whether tennis is you know improving or not it's not just about that it's about the success of your elite players it's about the success of your national team and it's about the interest and impact it has on a on a big audience yeah, and, listen, and I think this is a huge I mean, success you know, we're sitting here at about 
two in the afternoon and Britain aren't even on at the moment and there have been thousands of people coming here and, and they're watching Greece Croatia they're loving it they're pumped they don't know any any other players are I wouldn't have thought when they first walk in but they pick somebody and they're into it um, we've been broadcasting on BT Sport Laura it's a, it's a sort of you're between operation that you had six months ago and now your return to the sport you're going to you're going to take part in the tournament in Shrewsbury aren't you your return is next week and you've been broadcasting with us what watching you watch the tennis is hilarious I have to say (laughs) well I knew I was going to try and start in Shrewsbury and when BC called and said well do you want to try and host the Fed Cup with us I was it was a bit of a no-brainer for me because it was the first home tie that we've ever had in 26 years so I couldn't miss it and even though I'm not on the bench I still feel like I am part of the team I've been hitting with the girls before the matches start and uh, yeah they they're keeping me involved I've been on the morning coffee run and trying to get all the the group gossip from them all right what is it well I can't tell you oh okay well I have to ask um you, you have because I mean I've, we, we sit on a balcony overlooking the court and I can see you well making signals and signs and, and, and liaising with the team while they're down there is that kind of what this environment needs is a bit of a bit of a laugh frankly well above all people want to come back to Fed Cup because it's fun and I always enjoyed it when I was playing so it's been just as enjoyable this week actually to have a laugh with all of them they're constantly looking up at me when I'm commentating trying to put me off and that's that's the memories that they're going to take from it and all the girls who have had this as their first tie Harriet for example Emma Raducanu it's her first week with the team she's going to want to play again next year because she remembers how fun this has been and what an amazing time she's had on the bench not even playing but just supporting the other girls is it is it hard for you to watch and not be able to play and not actually be able to be on that bench because you've been out for such a long time with this hip issue? No. I, obviously, I would have loved to have been part of the team if I was ready, but I'm not quite there, so that's, that's fair enough. And um, I've always been quite honest with Anne about how my rehab and everything is going. And for me, I think you see it when you're next to me trying to commentate and it's very off-putting because I'm constantly trying to egg the girls on but yeah not be too biased but obviously that's that's gone downhill very fast <laughs> yeah you were doing fine until what was it final set until tie it break. gets close and yeah. then i lose it <laughs> no well it's been great fun to have you with us it's very funny looking up at her because you've got your hand on your head your hands <laughs> on your head and you're sort of rocking backwards and forwards every point of those two tie breaks well, and both you know both matches both bolter and Conta went to third set tie breaks and it was really literally a point here, a point there, and it could have been so different. We could have been looking at a very different Well, We'd have been looking at Hungary against Serbia, wouldn't we, today? Yeah. Well, it's so hard when we're commentating, and it's so obvious from where we're sat to see mm. what's going wrong. That's what I find interesting. When you're suddenly sitting up there and you're really analysing the match, are you noticing things that on the court as a player you don't see? Absolutely. So, like, every time under pressure, Bondar's doing that serve, for example, or... Well, mind you, Bondar's serve was unreturnable, so it didn't really matter what she did. But still, it was unreturnable, but still, on the big points, she went wide on the outside almost every single time. And it was so easy for me to be like, Joe, move across, you know, do something different, give her a different look at it. But Will it change you when you get back on court? I think so, because um, I, 
I always think that I'm aware, but obviously once you're in it and you in your head, especially Joe yesterday, was kind of like, well, this girl's unplayable and saw it that way rather than what can I do in this moment to try and change her rhythm. So I think Anne at one point tried to say, well, maybe vary your serve a bit because she was going in so quickly on the back end return, Bondar was, and Joe kept trying to serve in the same spot. And, you know, up on the balcony, it was so easy for us to see that. And Joe just kind of gets locked in in the way that she's saying, well, this is my favourite serve, why can't I keep hitting it? And I think it's easier for us on the side to be like, well, you know, just adjust, just just make that adjustment. And it's, it's definitely not easy when you're on court. And, you know, your coach will always try and tell you after the match, but it's a bit late at that point. Yeah. Your your return and the, the period of time you've you've been out, have you really missed the sport? I mean, because one thing that struck me, I commentated with you a few times at the end of last year, is you really are quite clued up on the sport. You seem to really follow it. Um, and, and not It'd all, be weird if I didn't. I find it interesting when players don't really watch the other matches. No. But, I mean, a lot of, a lot of players don't. You know, you, you, you'll talk to some players and you feel as though they're, they're not really following the other results. They're not that bothered about it uh, unless it's them playing or somebody that they know is playing but is does it kind of I mean I remember Sloane Stevens saying when when she was off it really made her realize how much she missed it yeah in a way I don't know if I would have watched as much if I hadn't been commentating because I was trying to stay clued in thinking well I've got to call a match in a week and a half so I should probably watch a few results but the reason I got into tennis is because I liked it and Mm. I still feel that way and it's very easy to stay clued up and to follow all the other British girls because I enjoy watching their matches as a fan rather than anything else first off and yeah uh, yeah, I'm just more happy to see the the people that I get on with do well and if in a way it does make you feel a bit jealous like I want to be back out there but at the same time it's it's that competitiveness that kicks in where you want them to do well but I want to be back out there too well it's spur you on I would would hope Um, and what about how you're feeling physically in practice? I know you can't really necessarily replicate exactly what you're going to feel when you play matches, but how do you feel you're getting on now? Because when we were at Wimbledon, I think you, you had your surgery halfway through, didn't you? And I, I, yeah, I had my surgery on the first Thursday of Wimbledon and yeah. came back in on the second Monday on my crutches. Yes. That's true commitment to the TV game. I know. Even, even I looked more as able to get into the country box than you. what did they you. actually do with the surgery? Um, I had my ligament repaired, my cartilage repaired, and my labrum repaired. So triple whammy, I was in hospital for three days. And there was no Wi-Fi. That was the main struggle, actually. But it was Did really... you read a book? Uh, luckily, the Wimbledon was on, and the World Cup. So I essentially watched sport all day, every day. And it was actually really funny. This ex-footballer had uh, a hip replacement at the same time. So we were both in at the same time. And Who was that? Um... You know what, I can't remember his name now. I mean, it was in his 40s, but uh, it got a little bit competitive already. Like, straight after the surgery, they send you up to go on the bike now with hips. And so we're trying to spin it out for half an hour, and he's looking at my RPM going, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> and it was like that the whole three days, and then I saw him six months later uh, for the checkup, and he was going, well, you know, I'm running 10K. What are you doing? <laughs> And by this point, I was training quite fully, so I'm going, well, I've just done three hours on court today. So, yeah, it's funny. You put two athletes together, even totally different ages, and 
different sports. Is Still it, competitive. Is it very different from what you know to what Andy's had done? Um, yes. I mean, he's got a metal joint in his hip now, so I'm not quite bionic yet, but give it time, you know. <laughs> I'm a bit younger than him. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, no offence, Andy. Um, generally speaking, though, do, I mean... Do you, how do you feel you're getting on now in in your practice? Do you feel that you that it's not? How long do you think it will take you if you don't have setbacks to feel like you used to feel? Well, I don't know, and I, that's have kind they of, given you any idea of, of what to expect, sort of thing? Um, well, I can expect a certain level based on how I'm playing in practice and the practice matches that I've played against the other girls already. But you never know more mentally how you're going to get on in the matches because mm. it feels completely different I'm going to be nervous for sure and uh, I think I'm going to enjoy it most of all and you know I, I'm going to play on Monday and if I win Monday morning then I'll have to play again Monday afternoon yeah. so that'll be this a real test Shrewsbury, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it'll be a real test to try and play two singles in one day so if I can get through that then I think I'll be alright and I've already got plans to play the week after mm-hmm. as well so these first few weeks I'm just going to try and enjoy it and see how I get on and yeah love being back on court that, that's something that has come across actually watching tennis with you over the last week is when we've talked about sort of stressful moments particularly for someone like Katie Bolter who's who's new to this of in terms of how you handle some of those big moments that you've had in your career you know I remember we talked about when you played Kim Kleisters at the US Open. It was her last ever match. I mean, this is a huge deal. And Lee Nahr and Petra Kvitova. And you just said, well, I just try to enjoy it. Yeah, and I think it's really easy to say that. But in the moments, you're just trying to play as loose as you can, even though you're feeling so, so nervous. And I just remember um, the match point against Kleisters and Lee Nahr, the match after... I was serving, and in my head, all I was saying to myself was, make this first serve directly in the body. Don't try and go for the massive, you know, show-off ace, and just make the ball. And I think that's what Katie did really well in the tie-break mm. yesterday, because she made every return after Gaffey was serving so well in the third set, made every return and forced the errors and I think a lot of the time you can try and show off in that moment but it's more important to just make it yeah as unglamorous as that sounds but yeah I mean you can try and enjoy the moment and I think Katie really did that yesterday you saw her she does seem to soak it up a bit more you you get that sense I mean obviously we'll see how it goes today and and you may be listening after the event thinking well she just lost six one six two I don't know but what we've seen over the past three days, she seems to just soak it up and love this. And how good do you feel that she could end up being? She's already 83 in the world. Well, it's, I'd find it weird if she didn't soak it up. This, is, uh, this week has been her first time playing singles at Fed Cup with a home crowd. So if there was ever a time to enjoy being on court and to enjoy the moment, it's now and... Some people do struggle with it a bit more. Sam Stoza, mm. you know, always up and down in Australia, and uh, it, it just depends the pressure that you put on yourself. But I think Katie playing number two to start off with is probably a bit easier than right. trying to play at one. I don't know. I don't know how she's feeling, but uh, she seems to be dealing with it well. But the potential 
is what, in your opinion, in terms of her level? What do you think she might be capable of? Well, I, I mean, I'm friends with her. <laughs> I feel a bit weird now. World number you, one. I say exactly, exactly, I number know. one. <laughs> uh, number one in the world, obviously. Top um, 50, realistic? Oh, yeah, definitely. And she's not really been playing for that long. So yeah. if she can keep consistent, um, it's actually quite not easy obviously but it tends to feel easier to stay around that kind of 50 to 80 ranking once you're in it because you play the right tournaments and you play the right schedule and you can make that amount of points without actually having too many Mm. huge results we saw that with Dan Evans didn't we he he, he was able to stay around 40 in the world yeah just by being consistent and making a few third rounds a few quarters and things like that and after that is that one big jump to then go top 20 yeah Claire you, you've been right down there courtside watching Bolter mm. close up I mean you see a lot of athletes at the mm. top level what, what have you made of the way I, she's I grasped she, all this I think she's really impressive but in all of this one's got to remember she's suffered hugely from fatigue I mean you, she yeah. basically had ME didn't she mm-hmm. missed a whole year when when you're I would think in the back of your mind is always that gratefulness that you're still feeling all right the next morning and a slight fear that you might not. Mm. So I think with all of this, and Laura knows it better than anybody, you can be as talented and you can work hard as anybody, but if you're not fit and healthy, you cannot do it. Yeah. And it's why it is so impressive. And, and we'll, you know, well, let's wait and see what happens with Caroline Wozniacki, but for her to have been basically dealing with rheumatoid arthritis and, and still managing and let's hope she can do through this year as well trying to cope with that as well is is a huge deal and look at Kvitova coming back from you know being massively badly injured yeah. and being attacked and the mental Oof, impact that picture of that gives as me well. shivers yeah it's those things that are just then those are, that's headline stuff that you're dealing with every day and almost one takes it for granted because you go oh their first serve percentage has dropped you know yeah. and I and the, uh, I'm not a tennis expert I never will be I can't read the game like a tennis player can but I can tell a story and for me sometimes the bigger story doesn't always get told and and I think you have to repeat it you listen to Billie Jean King she says very much the same thing slightly differently and with huge passion every time because she knows you have to keep saying it this is how you get a message across you keep saying it and and i think she's phenomenal i spent some time with her last year filming for a show i was doing for the bbc called icons and billy jean was one of the icons and i'm so glad she was but honestly have you ever sat with her yeah oh god isn't she amazing I mean you don't need a pep talk if you've got Billie Jean <laughs> in your ears you feel you 10 just... years younger oh just... David I think last year at Wimbledon we sat um, on one of the tables on the balcony yes. for five minutes with Billie Jean she and she walked away and all of us were kind of like lifted I know. I mean, my posture was yeah. better Laura was there in her crutches she was suddenly I don't need these I was so running she after came, that she came out to Singapore for the WTA Tour Finals she's 75 now Billie Jean yeah. and she's doing all this stuff with school kids and she's talking about the game she's promoting it She's the driving force behind creating that and obviously starting at the WTA, but still fighting for better recognition of women's tennis, better rewards. So the next WTA Tour Finals are going to be worth $14 million. Shenzhen. In Shenzhen, exactly. Double the prize money of Singapore, and that wasn't too bad. And that was pretty good. So the... Now, I know it's not, of course, it's not all about money, but money is a reflection of respect, of where yeah. a sport is and how highly it's regarded by commercial sponsors. Mm. And 
in the business side of sports, that's important. I, you know, I dream of a world in which women's sport is equally rewarded. Personally, I think that would require men's football to come down, and so it should. When, when Cristiano Ronaldo is play, paying a fine, a fine that is large enough to fund tennis for um, with not just women's tennis but let's say women's sports in this country for probably five years <laughs> then it's a ridiculous state of affairs they're mm. yeah. crazily over rewarded but, but you're right I mean Billie Jean King thank goodness for her you know because she's been responsible for so much of what we have now in the, the other thing I think she does is remind you she did all this while she was playing Mm. She had opinions, she voiced them, she drove the other players to say, we deserve more. She locked them in a hotel room until they agreed. I think sometimes we're all, and I know that players have contracts which require them not to have strong opinions. And sometimes, as we've seen with Andy Murray, when you do have a strong opinion, you've then got to weather the storm of those who disagree with you. I love the fact Andy Murray is as opinionated as he is and says the things he says. Andy Murray will be the Billie Jean King for I think British women's tennis because he he knows it matters and he believes in it and he's such a strong ally you know him pretty well don't you Laura because obviously you played mixed doubles with him at the Olympics you got silver didn't you Uh, played a few times Hopman Cup and everything yeah but how have you always found him well you know it's so great that a male tennis player is finally kind of saying well this is how it should be and even still a lot of them kind of don't want to get into the conversation or um, feel like they shouldn't have an opinion on it and just for Andy to stand up and say well you know this is what I believe in and then you see the effects of it already with Luca Puy employing Moresmo and saying well why can't I have a female coach and it makes no difference to me if she's male or female she's just a good coach yeah and I bet he's stunned with how much he's getting asked about it and it's, oh, the same, sure. it's the same question, over slightly over rephrased, yeah. but the same question every time. It's like people can't get their heads around it. You've, you've got an alien as a coach that just landed from Mars. This is extraordinary. No, <laughs> she's just a woman. Yeah. <laughs> she was a professional yeah, player. She knew what she was doing back then as she does now. You were in Singapore, I yeah. think, for the first time at the WTA finals, yeah. weren't you, I loved it. Claire? Oh, do you, what did you think of the I event? Really what did you think of the, the players? I mean, you know, some some players just grab you. I always remember you really liking Kim Kleisters, watching yeah. her and uh, and so forth. What about now? I, I, I mean, Osaka was tired by then, so I didn't see the best of her, um, which was a shame. But I really, I loved watching Karolina Pliskova. Right. I really enjoyed her. Um, and I liked her, you know, when she's... Obviously, she's got the fantastic serve, and when it works, it works really well. But I quite like... She's very, um, you can read her face and, and it's quite interesting because she'll suddenly go, <laughs> you know, I quite love, I love, I love the way she plays. I think she's, I liked, I like the way she talks as well. And I think there was, um, obviously, Alina Svitolina won the whole thing. Kiki Burton's was a bit of a breakout for me because I hadn't mm. seen a lot of her, but I liked seeing players day after day and seeing them in different situations. I was a bit disappointed that Sloane Stevens didn't win the whole thing. Not just because I got her in the... She was my pick in our team tote. <laughs> but um, it just didn't work out. She, I don't know why. She's... Yeah. Anyway, it, it was good to feel that you were seeing a, a lot of them and you were seeing them day after day. And a bit like this, a bit like Fred Cup. Yeah. You know, you really... They, they're not just losing, they're out. Yeah. But personally, I think the men and the women need to sit down, all the leading players need to sit down and discuss what they want tennis to look like in 10 years' time. Because Wouldn't that be nice? 
Uh, yeah. What should I mean, it look it's like? so easy to say, but for me, the biggest problem right now is all the different federations and organizations not agreeing on anything and it's not only the ATP, WTA, ITF all having different views and what it should look like and Davis Cup and ATP Cup however that's going to work out but I think the Davis Cup and the Fed Cup should amalgamate I think it should be a joint a big, you know, big knockout competition right from the beginning and you play you know, two men, two women and well actually you could go three and three well, three yeah. men, three women, and then you reward the country that, that's actually got the biggest... It sounds like a great players. idea, but it's kind of the ATP saying, well, why don't we have our own cup? And then the WTA seems to be responding the whole time to everything else that's happening rather than being in the, the front of it. The, they are making the change this year with the Davis Cup. They're having it in one place over the course of seven, ten days in Madrid. Um, not everybody's happy with that because there's less of the home and away element. We are at a home Fed Cup tie here. and I mean, it has been fantastic the last few days, but it is a playoff it, to get into it, tomorrow's exactly playoff. To, sorry, to, to get into playoff, April's playoff, to, get to try into and get into World Group 2, and then eventually you might get to World Group 1. I mean, in it, like two years' time. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's a hard really, sell, isn't it? It is. It's a very hard sell. Like, why does it matter? And... and where, where are we? And it's just difficult. You can't even sum it up in one sentence mm. as to, you know, why does it matter if Great Britain beats Serbia in this in this final? You can't even really call this a final because it's not final. No. The final will be in April. But it is. It's too strung out. And for me, it, that's such a shame because it should work. So your combined event in your mm. vision, would that be over the course of like I wouldn't have it week? every year. I'd have it every four years and I'd... I'd give it a name like a world cup right. actually but it would be all the countries that have achieved you know you might have to have a playoff um a, a, sorry a qualification round so you might have to have some seeds that are protected from the qualification round that give your lesser countries a chance to get into it and then it's and then it's knockout knockout Off you go over the course of say a couple of weeks yeah what would you have i'd have it every two years and just have a sort of a slam almost like a 14 day event and have all your countries there and yeah knockout rounds I I think round robin gets a bit confusing for a lot of the viewers and you lose the jeopardy as well that's the one thing I don't like about round robin as much as you see players every day I don't want to be doing maths in my head about yeah what sets been won what games been won Right, we better sort this out, folks. We're, we've come to our agreement. So well, right, every two years is better. I agree. Yeah. So every two years in non, obviously non-Olympic years. Well, I think every four years you'd start to lose a lot of the older players. So you've got to go odd. So you're going to do your odd year, So odd numbered years. Yeah. So 2021 is going to be the first of the new mixed Fed Davis Cup. Yeah. Is it an ITF event? Sponsored by the tennis podcast. I think, I think it's one for the players to, well, hmm. just go and sort it out. You know, well, yeah, there's and it's too the fact much that everyone's trying to compete for all this other stuff, but really the goal should be what is going to make tennis a better sport. And mm. with all the new rules that the ITF have put through and everything like that, it just feels mm. like they, everything is weighing it down rather than lifting it up. Mm. And, and I think you've got to have a feeling that that if if this new Fed Davis Cup thing takes off, which, I Which it will, after we've well, said it. Yeah, we've now, now launched we've, it yeah. in 2021. It's going to happen. Definitely. It matters, right? It matters. The Labour Cup for me is lovely, 
but, but it's it's really an exhibition event, isn't and it? And what will it be like once Federer is not playing there? That's what I wonder when I watch it because it is his event, and he plays and he draws all the people in. But you know, it, it's not going to be the same if he's just sitting on the side. Yeah, no, you're right. Listen, folks, we've got five minutes left. I've been given a five-minute wrapper because the scene here, as the uh, players are being uh, applauded off the court here and Britain against Serbia is nigh. At the moment, we have Claire Baldwin. That while she has been talking to you here on the tennis podcast, she has had her hair done, she has had her makeup done by the lovely Nicole, who's here, and uh, we're surrounded by the rest of the team. We've got Kim, we've got Sophie, we've got Laura Robson here. Laura, before we uh, wrap it all up, what do you still hope to do in this sport? You know, you're 25. Hopefully, that's the end of your injury troubles. What do you want out of it all? Well, I think it's very easy to say, oh, I want to be where I was ranked before. But I think, for me, I want to feel healthy and happy out there. And for a long time, I haven't been healthy when I've been playing. And it's really brought me down mentally. Yeah. And so if I can get through this year and finish it off with you know, a healthy hip, healthy wrist, then I'll be very happy with that. And from then, I can kind of see where I'm at and see where I go with it. Yeah, well... We wish you the very best of luck with Thank it. Thank you. Lovely, love to see you back out there and playing the way, you, well, everybody knows you can, obviously. And hopefully being part of this sort of setup again on the bench because it does, it does look like a good team dynamic. And there's, with Harriet Dart and Katie Swan as well, added to Katie Bolter and then Emma Raducanu. What do you know about her? You've practiced with her a little bit. She's a young player coming through as well. It's a great little mix of people, isn't it? Yeah, Emma's uh, one of the really good juniors and she's just starting to dip her toe into the senior tour a little bit. So she's going to play Glasgow um, straight after Shrewsbury. And yeah, she's a great girl, hits a really big ball and fingers crossed she makes the transition. Yeah, fingers crossed indeed. Claire, it's always a joy. Thank you so much for coming on the tennis podcast. You're welcome. Well, you know that I listen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Quite chuffed. Uh, we'll get Laura listening as well, if she can uh, can be bothered. Put it on one and a half. It, it goes quicker. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what a lovely compliment that is. <laughs> I found out today that Claire Balding actually listens to the podcast on sort of hyper speed so she can get through it. It's because it, I don't always have time. For, well, I want right. to listen to all of it, so okay. I just listen to it slightly speeded up and then my brain has to work yeah, quicker. Quite pleased. Fair enough. Don't worry, it's fine. Um, thank you both and I will be back here with you on the Tennis Podcast in just a second to let you know what's been happening. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. 
Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Well, it's over. Britain are through. <laughs> My word, what a dramatic couple of hours, few hours we've just had. Katie Bolter, first of all, winning in straight sets. She really got the job done in incredible style. And then Johanna Conter. My goodness, what a dramatic match she had over three sets. And she played against Alexander Krunic of Serbia. Lost the second set, left the court, on her way off the court, collapsed in the gangway and was down on the ground for a few, well, quite a few seconds, ended up coming back out, somehow managed to win in the third set, collapsed in utter joy, I suppose, <laughs> and being completely empty of all energy. And we're now in the minibus on the way back from the University of Bath. And uh, Joe Jury's here, somebody who knows exactly what Fed Cup duty is like. But goodness me, have you seen anything quite like that before, Joe? It was a bit dramatic, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I mean, I used to play singles and doubles, and uh, you know, it does drain you when you're playing in a week like this. Uh, we used to play 32 teams, and you know, regularly get to the quarters or semi. So uh, I, I know exactly what it's like when you know you got a bit of a burden of playing for your country, but it's also a privilege to do it. Um, and it is, you know, something more than yourself. It's special. But, uh, you know, day after day, under that kind of pressure, it, it is emotionally draining. What, what do you think w- was happening there? I mean, obviously, she spent a heck of a long time on the court, hasn't she? Seven and a half hours in the singles. I know she hasn't played doubles, of course. And then more than two hours today. Do you think that that was all physical or was that mental as well? Because Laura Robson, who incidentally is also in this minibus, so I'm going to just keep my voice down so she doesn't hear what I'm saying. Um, She was saying in commentary on BT Sport that she thought perhaps it could also be stress-related. We've seen that with Johanna Conta before. I remember the incident against Svetlana Peronkova at the US Open three years ago. Extreme heat. And then she, she collapsed on the court and she said it was kind of like a panic attack and she ended up coming back and winning the match. I wonder whether that might have been mm. similar here. Yeah, I, I definitely think it was stress-related as well as um, physically. Uh, the body just kind of had had enough and the mind is trying to push the body to its limit and you're trying to win a match and everyone's screaming and shouting and it's all up to you and, you know, the, the, the heart rate goes up when it, it shouldn't and uh, you start feeling a bit dizzy. Um, so... So, yeah, I think it is stress. But she went off the court. The good thing was that she could go off the court. It's a team event, so she had people around her that helped to calm her down. And when she came back on court, I don't think Krunich really knew what to do because um, Joe was hitting the ball quite softly, just trying to keep 
the ball in court, I think, to start with. And, and um, Alexandra just, well, she didn't know what to do. So, you know, that lead, I think, was crucial in those first few games. Yeah, it certainly was. It puts Britain once again into a World Group 2 playoff. This has happened four times, I think, over the last eight years. Um, they've been to Argentina, to Sweden, to Romania, and then last year in Japan. I mean, away draws every single time. It's a nightmare, isn't it? And I suppose the big hope, particularly after what we've seen here with the emotion and the atmosphere and everything else, is that a home draw is the, is the result this time. Uh, well, you'd hope so. But the trouble is, you know, um, if we're drawn against a country that we haven't played for years and years, then it's a toss of coin, basically. So anything could happen. Um, we, we'll, you know, we could be going to Brazil away, you never know. Or we could have Russia at home. I mean, a home tie would be fabulous because look at that atmosphere then and that, that really did help the team um, with those close tough tight matches uh, so it would be lovely to have a, a home tie but we've got to be ready for anything and this is just one more step on a very very long journey if we want to get to world group one that's going to take you know a year and a half or two years to even get there so you know one step at a time what did you think of Katie Bolter this week? I thought that uh, she took the pressure very well, playing first and trying to get that first win. Uh, there were times, you know, when she went down in a match and she fought back and kept a very cool head. Uh, looked as though she's improved a lot. Um, her ranking's gone up. She feels more comfortable on court. She knows she's improved and, uh, you know, she coped very well. And I think that will do her a lot of good when uh, she goes back to playing regular tour matches. Yeah, due to have a couple of weeks off now is Katie Bowles and then back at it. Final thought, Joe, just about what you think of, of this staging, of, of, of this Fed Cup tie. 26 years, I mean, you, you were playing when, when it was back here previously. What have you thought of the job that they've done? I think uh, it was absolutely right it wasn't too big uh, and the crowd um, you know a lot of people just came up to me and said we've had so much fun uh, this week watching the tennis it's been so good uh, and it has there's been some really wonderful matches so they're seeing tennis that you know people probably couldn't can't get to Wimbledon can't get the tickets would like to see tennis live because it's very different sitting by the side of a match like that and seeing the pace of the ball and the emotions so it's been enjoyed by everybody I think um, maybe if we got a home tie we could go slightly bigger but let's not go mad you know because it's a nice intimate kind of court that you can feel the atmosphere so I think it was tremendous it was it was Joe been tremendous as well to have you with us here on the tennis podcast thank you as always thank you to Laura Robson and we will be back next week with another tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph Catherine and Matt I'll get the whole team back together and we'll look back on the last couple of weeks since the Australian Open we'll Talk about all of those Fed Cup results the, in the world group that we've had over this weekend as well and uh, look ahead to the coming weeks. And goodness knows what else. I don't know. But we've been the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph, executive produced by TennisBalls.com. Our mascot is Rio with a Y, of course, and we'll be back next week. See you then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.